0: You've got mail. Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of Tech Stream. I'm Seth Everett. He is the CEO of the Palmer Group, Shelly Palmer. And Shelly, it is hot out there. It's it so is. hot that I'm starting to confuse TMZ with the Pentagon. <laughs> I saw a story about UFOs. <laughs> I swore it was something from like Perez Hilton. It's from the
1: Pentagon. What? Explain this to me. Oh, this is from the Office of the Director of National Intelligence. It is unclassified as of June 25th, 2021, and it is the preliminary assessment, Unidentified Aerial Phenomenon. They didn't quite go as far as calling them UFOs. These are now Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. <laughs> but, he, but here's the, my favorite part of this. Um, yeah. Is anybody surprised? Oh please! I you know it's this is um, these are tax dollars at work, Seth. This really, this <laughs> really something. This is, in, this is infrastructure. <laughs> you know the beautiful thing about this report and the beautiful thing about this subject is that those who wish to believe will believe no matter what. It, there's no way that facts or Occam's razor or any reasonable or rational ideological approach to this, or philosophical approach to this will make anybody change their mind. But having read this report, and it is not very long, and I would urge everyone to read it, you can find it at uh, uh, gov. It is not hard to find. You go, go to Google it. It's a big nine pages long, so it's not a giant read. I could save you the TLDR here. It basically says, we don't know. (laughs) And, and, oh, okay, (laughs) but here's the thing. UFOs are the stuff of science fiction, Seth, right? Everybody, I mean, we've seen a lot of UFOs, UFO pictures debunked over the years. And certainly in the age of deep fakes and Photoshop it no end to the amount of things the reason they did this investigation is there were some credible reports of stuff people didn't understand that you know credible pilots guys are flying in the air going i don't know what that is what's more likely let's ask seth everett what's more likely this is an alien being from a distant world sophisticated enough to get to our solar system and out of all of the stars in the galaxy <laughs> they decided that this particular star made sense not a big star not a little star but they like the third rock from the sun we're gonna go hang out there and we're not gonna say hi or anything even though we've had the ability to come what is going to be somewhere between dozens to millions of light years however that's possible we're just gonna like you know scare the crap out of some pilots that's what we're gonna do is that more likely than The much more interesting, much more frightening, much more fascinating idea that a government on this planet has the ability to create a device or aircraft capable of maneuvering that way, and they are not willing to tell us about it, which is more likely.
0: (laughs) That's uh, it, it's obvious. And I understand why people are interested in this. And I didn't mean to make light of it. What I'm saying is I did. Sorry. No, no. no but <laughs> but what I'm saying is it, it, it's just this, this idea that, first of all, if anybody thinks that there's a soul, you know, a, a galaxies upon galaxies, infinite space out there and there's nothing like what we have, I, I, I you're kidding yourself. And, you know, if if a planet's going to explode, I just want you to know that you can put the baby in the rocket ship. He'll come to Smallville, Kansas, mm-hmm. and
1: he'll grow up and he'll fight for truth, justice in the American way. Yeah, that's the beautiful thing about Superman, too, because unlike other superheroes who acquired their skills, he was just always Superman. I love that about Superman. And but he's he's you know yeah I, look we
0: could do a whole podcast on on Superman I, I always think it's the most involved character that is such a boy scout and it's it, it it's fascinating. Do you get the sense that um, given the lack of relationship with Russia, the lack of relationship, especially now with COVID and the investigation with China, especially with the relationship with North Korea, it, considering? There are so many adversaries in this world. Um, Do you ever think we'll get a clear answer on what this stuff is? I don't think we're
1: going to get a clear answer on what this stuff is.
0: But we would if we got along with everybody.
1: I don't know that that's true. Uh, I think that there are certain tools and techniques that are available to certain organizations on this planet that are not available to others. And I don't know that this idea of top secret uh, is going away anytime soon, regardless of the adversary relationships we have with others. To be fair, Seth, if everybody always got along, that'd be fine, but that's so hypothetical. It's not, it's not to be considered. I mean, human beings tend to, if they don't have enemies, they tend to find them. Look at the world we live in right now. Uh, we don't really, I mean, is China an enemy? Ask certain people, they'll say yes. Others, they're trading partners you know, is Russia an enemy? They don't have a very big GDP. They're not very harmful. They haven't attacked uh, any of us really in any meaningful way. They are doing a little annexation of their own space and they're trying to act uh, a little like a bully. Are they really hurting America economically or bothering us in any way? No, they're just someone we like to, you know, play games with. Uh, The Cold War was real. They had nuclear arms and they were going to blow us up and then we were going to blow them up. And, you know, the whole space race thing, is it possible that Russia or China you know, have spacecraft or aircraft that are more sophisticated than American aircraft? Probably it's possible. But the much more likely story is that, you know, um, whatever goes on in Area 51, <laughs> you know, whatever goes on there. I mean, honestly, what it, I, I just think this is just some, you know, very man-made objects that are being flown by either American, Chinese, or Russian pilots and, and that's what it is. And I actually would love to know what, what those aircraft are, right? Because apparently there's some uh, aer- aerodynamic capabilities and air- it, that that shocked professional pilots, you know, speed and angles. We always, um, you know, you're such a big fan of pop culture and me too, and we're both such big fans of sci-fi. When you watch Star Wars and the dogfighting scenes, That take place in space you suspend your disbelief because that's in in the vacuum of space you could never expend the amount of energy required to move uh anything an object like that i mean the reason that planes are able to bank and they're able to turn quickly is because of the resistance to the air and the you know the viscosity of the atmosphere when there's no atmosphere you can't do that you've got you'd have to use thrusters to to do that you have to you're in hanging out in three-dimensional space and there's nothing that's resisting you you literally uh can shoot photons out of the back of your spacecraft and with a sufficient number of photons you'll get your spacecraft moving you can hit golf balls off the back of your spacecraft and with a sufficient number of golf ball swings you will move your spacecraft i mean it's like not there's none of that's possible right so the idea that in the atmosphere because of the air resistance because of the viscosity of the atmosphere even at very very high altitudes this some of the sightings were moving in really ways most professional pilots didn't think a human being could withstand and even if it was just a drone even the, the you know the aircraft itself would have broken apart generally I'm fascinated by what you build something out of that can, you know, take it some number of G's that normal planes can't or that normal pilots can't. I'd love to understand what that is. And I think everybody would too. UFO. Yes. It was an unidentified flying object. Let's identify it. Was it an alien spacecraft? Oh man. Wouldn't that be great. Mm -hmm. I would love that. I just, you know, one of the things about alien spacecrafts that no one ever talks about in any meaningful way is that anything that came here would probably have the same effect on the people of the earth that let's just say the Europeans had on the people of continental North America when they arrived. Nothing good would happen. No. so I'm not that excited about having a whole bunch of peeps show up. Um, my favorite Will Smith movie of all time, right? Independence Day.
0: Really? loved
1: it loved it i love that movie i love that jeff goldblum and will smith thing i just love it and yeah i I mean i like will smith in a lot of stuff but my favorite my favorite sci-fi will smith movie is is independence day because they're coming here to kick our ass they're not coming here the aliens are the aliens are not coming here to say oh my goodness seth i brought you flowers
0: I'm going to spread the internet. I, I'm going to
1: yeah. I'm going to give you internet. We our gift to you, planet Earth, is is broadband Universal for everyone. Universal, Universal broadband. Broadway. That's it. That's our gift a to you. Podcast oh, app that works. Yes, and and everyone will be healthy for all time. We're curing disease. And there'll We're, be translators. You know, they will be
0: translators because that's the other thing. You know, they always hit a
1: decoder ring, and and mm-hmm. all of a sudden they can all speak the same language. I love that. And of course, we're going to have the same frames of reference and the same basic physiology. And most importantly, everybody, the, we're going to have limitless energy. Limitless. Now we have a star in a jar. Thank you, aliens, for coming to Earth. As opposed to, wow, let's eat them, <laughs> which is probably yeah. what that looks tasty. We haven't had any real meat is since exactly we've been in what's space. <laughs> happen. Right,
0: right. Um, and by the way, they remade Independence Day uh, oh. starring Henry Cavill, and it's called Man of Steel. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, By the way, I I despise the Second Independence Day, the ID whatever they called it ID for that was. Awful. Oh no, I, uh, I, the, did, the, 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 the sequel did, or whatever. That. That's no, not no, my no, genre. No. That's that's not my. I skip I didn't, those things. Why did you didn't like Independence Day? I could see from the look on your face nope. you didn't like Independence Day. What can nope. you like about it's it?
0: It's just predictable.
1: Just, you think?
0: But that's the thing. <laughs> I like movies with intrigue. I like things that don't tell me something oh. I'm going to know. So wait, we have
1: to. Qu- oh, we you have want to, to qu- do this? No, no, we no, can no, save, We no, can no. save the other thing for next week. No, no, we're going to do the other thing. But we have to qualify this. When I say my favorite Will Smith movie of all time,
0: first of all, my favorite Will Smith movie was uh, Men in Black.
1: I take That's it back. I take it back. You are one hundred percent correct. I I will now I rescind my I rescind my future. I'm walking <laughs> the cat back on this one. Yes, <laughs> any Men in Black movie is better than Independence Day. Correct. True even the bad men in black movies are better than independence day.
0: Will. Yeah. Will Smith, Tommy Lee Jones, the pairing of them
1: together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah just yeah. The, the, I, the intrigue it about
0: it. There was an animated series based on it. It's originally I was, based on a comic book. I
1: right. was completely remiss in my, although I do like that. Let's try it again without the oops. I mean, I've got some lines, right? I got some good lines <laughs> at independence day and, and I say, let's try it again without the oops on a regular basis. So, and I also say, um, uh, can you do all that shit you would say you can do that like that? Can you do all that bullshit you said? Uh, I, I, I use that a lot too. Um, There's some good lines in that movie, but um, yeah, no, men in black. Okay. I take it back. I'm so wrong. All right. Name another great Will Smith movie while you're at it. Another great Will Smith movie. Um,
0: I can only think of bad ones right now.
1: Okay. Then we're going to move on to a different topic. Suicide squad is awful. Um yeah, there's plenty of bad movies. If you're listening, you can write us emails and tell us why we're morons on this The subject. story
0: about the Wild Wild West is hysterical. Do you ever
1: see that? That was that was unwanted. That's John bad.
0: Peters. And when they were talking about Nicolas Cage being the new Superman, <laughs> he was going to replace Sorry. Christopher Reeve. And Nicolas Cage was going to be Superman. They insisted on a giant spider. And Kevin Smith was charged to write it. And he tells this story, told it on my Hall of Justice podcast, where he was told to write it and they forced him to write a giant spider. Mm-hmm. And eventually the movie doesn't get made for a bazillion reasons. And Wild Wild West comes out the next year. And who's Will Smith fighting? A giant spider. <laughs> when they want a giant spider, they get a giant spider.
1: I, did you ever watch the TV series? The Wild Wild West? Yeah. I mean, I've seen it in reruns and such. First of all, the theme music is some of the best theme music in the universe. But but the it was such a Spoken fun like a composer, such a spectacularly funny premise. When I was a kid growing up, it was already just in reruns. But wow, I used to love that show for the insanity of you know the the modern technology in a in an anachronistic setting, and it was just that was great. And they really just did it. That was a really bad movie.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it oh, no, it's an awful uh, movie. Yeah, it's an absolutely awful movie. Pursuit of Happiness is pretty good. Yeah, he uh, he was nominated for uh, an Academy Award for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no one cares what we think about movies, but anyway, Independence Day for Ellie Oh, because I had a
0: movie tangent. If you want, you want to go do ahead. A de- uh, can I do one movie tangent? Sure, go for it. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, I love him. I decided this summer. My summer project is I'm doing a deep dive in order. Either I've seen the movie or I haven't seen it. Either way, I'm going in order to see the 10 movies that Quentin Tarantino made. Yeah, Reservoir Dogs, great. Pulp Fiction, great. Jackie Brown, great. Kill Bill? Oh, uh-huh. two, one One and two, baby. Did you like Kill Bill? I, you have to say,
1: I saw one this weekend and I was like, what in the world? Kill Bill is, and Kill Bill 1 and Kill Bill 2 are up there in my Will stop what I'm doing in the old days when I was channel surfing when, before my behavior changed and everything was streamed. if it was ever on ever I just stop what really? I was doing to watch it. There's something about there's something about that movie that and I think Quentin Tarantino knows this intrinsically you have an everybody has. I think, and I'm projecting, I guess, everybody has inner thoughts about when they've been wronged, how they would, you don't ever act on it, but it's like, oh man, you know, you get really mad at people or you get really mad when you've been put in a predicament that you feel was unfair. And that movie just, he just does the job, Seth, She just gets it done. And I love the martial arts groove and the Keith Carradine character, and she's amazing. She's and, great. Oh no, and, Uma Thurman's and, great. I mean, and supposedly like,
0: she got really hurt in the making of this. I can imagine. Yeah, they say that she did all her own uh, driving stunts, and they had a major accident. Oh my! She got hurt really bad.
1: I mean, they just the 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 martial arts sequences are brilliant. The the whole thing with the um Hansu swords uh the, the sushi chef <laughs> I mean that we to, to me that
0: Jackie Brown is so much more entertaining
1: yeah but you have to look around my office and see the number of samurai swords that are hanging up in here and you know my okay. own, my own martial arts background and my love of the the you know when I was a kid I was so deep into eastern philosophy and I was so deep into zen and the you know, Zen and the Art of Archery was a book that had come out and everybody was like talking about how you, you know, just how things just happen, this idea of mushin, this flow and you know, I'm a composer, producer by trade. I used to practice hours a day. And the goal was to have what they would call instant mind, which was what the martial artists are trying to do. And I, Bruce Lee was famous. And I was like, oh, my God. So this like just had, it pressed so many buttons in my like youthful repressed past. <laughs> See, the, the forgotten past. But I, yeah, Kill Bill loved it. You, by the way, it's an acquired taste because it's overly gory. You know, Django is the same way. Well, you haven't got to Django yet.
0: Nope. No, I haven't. I haven't um, yeah
1: you'll, it's the same it's the same it, kind of ten,
0: vibe I thought it was just a great bookend because there's 10 of them he claims he's done um, and you know he, he may make one more movie or not and I said what a cool summer project once a week to see a Tarantino movie and I resaw Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction I was like I love this stuff Pulp, pulp let's Fiction keep
1: going. blew my mind blew my mind when I saw wow. it it was everything about Pulp Fiction made me kind of go wow Uh, Travolta was someone you don't usually see him in that kind of a role and it was uh, I thought he did a great job I have a great John Travolta story if you want one but you know what was really great from my perspective and I mean I don't need to heap praise on Quentin Tarantino every time he makes a movie it's just going to take you to a place where you're uncomfortable and then it's going to let you come back Oh, right. and I gotta say that is a masterful skill. It's so, I mean it's such a pleasure to see a director in that kind of control of your experience, and I don't think I'm alone. I, I you know and I, again he doesn't need me to love him, but but I'm a giant Quentin Tarantino fan. Uh, it's it, you know very rare that you can not only like a movie but also really respect the craft. I mean really respect sure. It. And, you know, when I was at NYU film school, we had a very, we had Mark, uh, the head of the department was a guy named um, Haig Mnugian, may he rest in peace, a spectacular guy. And, you know, he, he taught a bunch of good filmmakers. He taught Marty Scorsese and Marty Brest and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of Chris Columbus, a whole bunch of guys came out of NYU film school in New York where, where right, you know, just in and around my time there. Um, they had a very specific way they taught you to look at motion pictures and think about making them and haig was pretty famous for it quentin tarantino's movies were you know, he hadn't started making them when i was in school
0: right he, yeah they
1: are they are a masterclass in what haig used to love this ability for a director to really take control of the audience and so yeah i'm a big fan of his work and not every it's not everybody's taste my wife won't sit in the room with me <laughs> well i loved once upon a time in hollywood also I'm amazing loved loved
0: it i love that movie i didn't understand the ending spoilers i didn't understand the ending because i thought the ending was offensive to the family yeah you changed history and for what like if you're gonna do historical fiction
1: don't use a historical fiction to save some other lady yeah uh, there are some choices that were made in that movie that you know I think people will have issues with that. I don't want to spoil it for people who haven't seen it, but if you haven't seen Kill Bill 1 and 2, it's worth it. And Django is definitely... And and
0: for tech stream, just just to show you, if you undergo a project like this, streaming services are where it's at. Reservoir Dogs is on Hulu. Uh, Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, Jackie Brown is on HBO Max. Django and Hateful Eight are on Netflix. Like, literally, if you just have the apps and know where to look, you have access to all of these. And I've said, if there's one of the 10 that I don't have access to, I'll buy it on iTunes.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff available to be easily and very easily streamed. Um, Joey reminds us, uh, who is uh, helping us uh, produce today, that there is a four-hour story he yes. didn't put them together into one piece the way no. that Coppola put together the Godfather saga. Right, right. No, no, no. Which I humbly submit is the finest 12 <laughs> hours of film watching you'll ever watch. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, it's, how long is the Godfather saga? Like six months or something? I don't know. It's just that's great. That was really spectacular. But um, that's
0: easier to develop. It, it's not as long. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but Kill Bill, yeah, definitely wanted to. They definitely it, It's it's one of the It is one long story. And by the way, I think with very little editing that easily becomes a a four hour, you know, just a straight four hour movie. They always play them back to back. You think that if it was
0: made today with the advent of streaming services, they would make it one film?
1: I I don't know whether they would or not, but it's interesting that the narrative, you know, when you talk, when you look at film narratives today, a lot of movies that you'd love don't hold up. And a lot of things that were made for TV, you know, they're made in acts right, because of the way that TV commercials have to split stuff up and even made for TV movies or some movies that were destined for television. But here, you know, filmmakers today or video makers today are content makers today. They're not doing Uh, they're not reestablishing the characters ever you know there's the exposition is at the beginning in episode one if a character shows up a new character there is an exposition but not a re-exposition of the existing characters so in many cases i mean game of thrones may be one of the best examples if you you come into game of thrones in season four you have no idea what's going on season three no idea you got to go back and figure it out right so i mean that's the that, that was a sort of advanced narrative for when Kill Bill was made. That was a gutsy kind of move to say you, you have to really have seen episode 1 the first movie so if you're gonna two. watch this, to see two. I mean even Godfather part two wasn't like that. Like you could you could figure out Godfather part two without having to watch Godfather part 1. Um, although but I, don't forget no, when
0: Godfather 2 came out, home video wasn't prevalent. That's right.
1: that's right. So, of course, if you were catching
0: on, you were catching on. And I would imagine, and I think I read this somewhere. I may be wrong, but I thought when Godfather 2 came out, movie houses were showing Godfather 1.
1: You know, I don't know the answer to that. I I think I read read that somewhere. I had a a funny experience. It's not like I made that up. Thinking about sequels um, during the pandemic, obviously, everybody streamed everything, right? Just used up the entire internet one of my friends did what you did, but they did it with the Star Wars saga. And, oh. and now wait, this is the important point here. This particular this parent played them in order, one through, okay, one through start, nine,
0: not four, five, six, one, two, three, star- seven, eight,
1: nine. Right, starting with episode one. one. The, yeah. I, first of all, I don't think that should, that parent I think should not be allowed to have children and that should be illegal. <laughs> Um, I don't think I think you should get back your parent card and certainly you you and here's why. Here's why. Are you ready? The child, the two children were old enough to watch Star Wars as, you know, not a scary movie, but as a and to enjoy the spaghetti westernness of it. Both of his children did not believe that Darth Vader was the ultimate evil. He was a misunderstood youth, right because you saw him grow up now that's horrifying to me that just (laughs) that's that's horrifying to me like that i just and i i i know i'm going to get a lot of hate mail about that and especially now in the in the times in which we live but you properly watch star wars and i do mean properly from sequel perspectives if you watch episode four a new hope first and then you follow on four, five, six, and then never don't ever have to watch anything after that ever because you're done. They're fine. We're done.
0: Now, do you include Rogue One in that? I won't go Clone Wars, and I won't go Mandalorian, but I would say I like Rogue One. Rogue, but, but see, that's the thing about Rogue One. It, it's such a fascinating bookend, and you're seeing what's happened with the saga now. I I don't think there'll ever be an Episode Ten. Like I, I And I don't think that if Disney Plus existed when Lucas sold uh, Star Wars to Disney, I don't think the movie idea would have been as prevalent. You know, when, when Disney purchased Lucasfilm, they immediately announced a new trilogy mm-hmm. because that's what we needed. We needed, and Luke Scott, uh, Mark Hamill, Harrison Ford, and Carrie Fisher uh, were 30 years older. Yeah. So they had to advance the story 30 years, mm-hmm. but what mm-hmm. you left is a treasure trove of timeline. Yeah. In there's space between episodes 6 and 7. There's a space between uh, 3 and 4, and that's what Rogue One is. You look, I don't hate Solo either, but you know, how long do you, do you have here? The, this idea that you can introduce
1: these characters. Hold, hold on, and- this may be the last episode of Techstream. You didn't hate Solo.
0: I didn't hate Solo.
1: How is that I mean, possible?
0: Can we? Are we allowed to curse on this? You've cursed on this podcast, right?
1: Well, only once, and it would be now. <laughs> Go well, ahead. I don't call
0: Calrissian fucks a robot. Uh, other than
1: that, what's the problem? Oh my God, that's hysterical! <laughs> I, 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 I. Wow, we're gonna have to. We're gonna have to Solo, agree to disagree on. Solo's I, not I couldn't. Worst thing out there. Uh, I, I can't believe be, I'm defending this movie. It's it's not has be, it has to be. It has to be not that great. Right. That, Okay, it's fine. I I I guess I'm a bit of the Darth Maul callback
0: is an homage to the Clone Wars animated series. It's Mm -hmm. there's something there. It's it's a story. What I didn't like about it is the poker match or whatever they play. Um, it was just it was too predictable, and I Uh, thought his name was really stupid. He's named Han Solo because he was
1: by himself. That's it's, it's there's. I, there was not one redeeming thing about that movie. Now, Rogue One, I could understand oh, other Rogue than that's brilliant. Uh, other than the 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 blind bow wielder, um, yep. whose name I'm forgetting at the moment, but he forget, uh, and, and he was him. a
0: forced believer, and that's when the the story of it's an ancient religion.
1: I, f- I I no, I get oh, what well, it is. I oh, just Rogue
0: One was great, and if you watch Rogue One, the end that Darth Vader scene at the end. Where in Rogue One, he goes immediately into a new hope mm-hmm. because the ship ex- escapes and then you're under that, attack. That oh worked, my God, that's that, so brilliant.
1: That worked for me in every way. That worked for me in every way. I, I wish the deep fake was better, but that worked for me in every way. Um, and the but, Vader scenes were brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Solo, on the other hand. Mm. But yeah, no, Rogue One had, look, I'm not going right, to, what's I, worse, I can't, Solo I, or The Last Jedi? The Last Jedi is oh. 10,000 times worse. Well, dialogue-wise, it isn't. Dialogue-wise, Solo is worse. But, um, wow, that is a hard... That's like, do you want to be boiled in oil or do you want to be stabbed to death? Like, I, I don't know which one of those you want me to... Or, or maybe someone will shoot you in the head. I mean, I, you're giving me uh, no choice. The Last Jedi is awful. Yeah, but by the way, but for the fact that you are brought into the world of Star Wars... They really drop the ball across the board when when right. I mean, they, yes, they bring you the technique and the tools and the environment and this. They bring you back. They bring you to the world that you want to be in. They bring you to this fantasy world where Star Wars exists. But they really don't tell the story as well, and they really don't tell good stories. And I think. The confusion you can just see the meetings these people were in you can just see the committees that were involved in every line of dialogue in every ounce of the story the formulaic bullshit that goes on it's like wow you know these are depending on who you are these movies are 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 personally important because they they took us places why did star like if you think about the star wars canon in, in the 70s what set of movies meant and and how the things that were different about it and the things that were familiar about it, the, the nerves that it touched, the aspirations it sparked. It's different from Star Trek, right? Where everyone you talked to today, Star Trek was a Roddenberry throwing down the gauntlet saying this is the possible. You will aspire to live in the world of Star Trek. But Star Wars was a fantasy world that you just wanted to visit and you you loved this delineation of good and evil and this really clear vision of a a distant past that you believed was your future. Like, you know, wow, could we, could we, could humanity be in that situation? By the time you get to the later Star Wars, when we've matured technologically as a society, my phone will tell me where I am right now. My phone will tell me where you are right now. So how can, how are you hiding from anyone in whatever space and time and technology they live in. How are, like, none of the, like, the storylines are so implausible. The the writers didn't evolve. None of it evolved. And so it's like, oh, man, come on, stop. But there's a whole
0: generation of people, and you and I are not it, that think the prequels are the greatest. There, I, there are, I, and, and, that, and that's not me saying that. What I'm saying is th- that's not an opinion statement. That is a fact that there is a whole generation of people that were You know, seven to 12 years old when episode one came out and their whole teenage years were with one, two and three. And that saga is their saga, just like there are young kids now that think Ray and Finn and Kylo, Adam Driver, Wren, and mm -hmm, all of those mm -hmm. dudes. That they're all, they're all. I'm telling you that that's I the beauty of just, the saga. I and by now the way, I there's shows now the Mandalorian and the Bad Batch, which is brilliant, yeah. and all no. these things that are out there because they're filling in these gaps, and they can do so for two more lifetimes.
1: Yeah, this is the way.
0: Yeah, that's right.
1: <laughs> that's I fine. like the Mandalorian. I like the Child. Yeah. I like, I like. I you know, it. I'm, I'm all in. By the way. The, the beauty of Rosario this, Dawson
0: is Ahsoka. The, oh, my God, the,
1: the beauty of the beauty of this, Seth, is that here is here we are two relatively mature adults discussing this as if it matters. And it does to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> It it you know I based my, a whole podcast on that. No, but look, my professional career and Disney's one of my largest clients and always has been, it's like this is a money-making machine. This is just about and by the way, the magic of this is the fact that two reasonable adults will sit here and have an argument about it's whether you're P1. Right, we're P1s, you know? we're in the bag for this stuff. As soon oh, as it comes out, we'll be completely. there. Oh my god. There's not by the way, there's no amount of money I will not give the Walt Disney organization. Uh, uh and I guess you know, by by um, proxy the the legacy of George Lucas when it comes to Star Wars and by the way in the Palmer household when, when it was time for my granddaughters to watch the Star Wars saga when they were um, old enough when their mother believed that they were old enough uh, I had there was not even an argument about what order those films should be played in no no argument I mean right. that's we're we're so in the bag for this stuff. It's terrifying. I, but by the way, I love personally being a fan of things that are, totally. you know, completely ridiculous. I mean, this is this is stuff I I um, probably doesn't matter in the overall course of the universe, but I I love the idea that I'm allowed to be a Star Wars fan. <laughs> <laughs> <No>. <laughs>
0: Listen. If if we have to read stories about the Pentagon, we can go to a galaxy far, oh, far away, a by long the time way, ago, and uh, all
1: of that. Uh, by the way, apparently someone in the um, in the Pentagon has, in fact, <laughs> without much, I mean evidence. Uh, assuming the facts and evidence, here, counselor, uh, we've got the Office of National Intelligence, and they are obviously uh, thinking a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away uh, with right. our un, un, unidentified aerial phenomena. That you heard it here first. <laughs> or second, or 90th.
0: That'll do it for this edition of TechStream. Thank you so much for listening. Continue to rate and review the podcast. We'll be back next week with much more serious topic, or we'll just talk about Star Trek.